On this episode of Corona Brides, I talked to my friend Sarah. She's getting married in two weeks. She is also a financial advisor. So you are going to get some really good tips listening to this podcast interview because one, she's been planning a wedding since February. So it was right in the middle of COVID and they are going to be able to get married at Camp Lucy October 2nd. So excited. I can't wait to be there and to support her, but she also has some really good good tips just about finances in general and getting married. Stay tuned. Welcome to this episode of Corona Brides. I'm your host, Jordi, and today we have Sarah on who is getting married in two weeks. And she's a close friend of mine, and she's also a financial advisor. So we're going to cover a lot of areas today. Sarah, thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited we finally got to do this. I know. We've been talking about this for a while, and it's been so up and down, just trying to figure out what is even going to happen with her wedding. So, Sarah, you're officially two weeks away. I know. I know. It's crazy. Are you ready? I think so. Um, We are ready. We're down to just the final details at this point. Um, So I'm ready. I'm ready. And, you know, I think JJ's ready, too. (laughs) You're like, let's do this. All right. So from the moment you got engaged to finding the venue, tell us the changes, you know, that you and JJ have seen because of COVID. Well, I think we've been really fortunate during this time. We got engaged in February and I knew where I wanted to have my wedding. I knew for a long time. And so my mom actually Uh, when she knew he was going to propose, she called the venue to get the available dates at that point because we knew we wanted to get married this year. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as we got engaged, she was like, we have an appointment on Monday to talk to the venue about dates. And thank goodness they had some dates available that worked for us. And that was, I guess, COVID was starting, but we really didn't know what was happening. And, you know, I was kind of gauging a lot of it on your wedding because your wedding was a lot sooner than mine. And so you're welcome. No, just kidding. (laughs) And I want to say you have just been uh, such a blessing. And the way that you have handled what you and Ronnie have gone through with your wedding and you've handled it with such poise and positivity and just a great reminder to all of us on what this is really about You've just been a really great example. And you've helped me um, kind of go through some of the rocky parts of, you know, dealing with being a Corona bride. So I just want to thank you for that because you've been just such a great example. Thank you for saying that. That is so sweet. I, I love hearing that because it really, it, it was, it was a challenge and it was just one of those things where you had to figure it out and you just, you either, you were either happy about it or you were mad about it. So I said, all right, let's do this. And we're going to be happy about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then it just reminds you of what this is, what's most important and what is this really about? And, you know, your wedding was beautiful and I, I know Thank it wasn't you. how you originally planned, but it turned out to be absolutely perfect. It really and did. Yeah. So I think for us, you know, the venue has been around for a long time. So I think that was helpful because they weren't um, making a lot of changes at the beginning. And then, 
you know, we kept checking in. Are Mm -hmm. we still on? Are we still on? Are are there any issues? I know towards the summertime, we, um, you know, we're waiting to hear if there were capacity requirements, things like that. Um, But we've actually been really fortunate and didn't have to change a whole lot um, getting closer to the wedding. So we've been pretty lucky in that regard. You know what I will say too, thinking about this now, Sarah, so the fact that your mom made that appointment and y'all got engaged in February, whenever I think COVID really at the end of February is when it, it got real and everybody was having to make changes. There's, there is probably a good chance that you wouldn't have been able to get your date because brides like in March, April, May would have probably rescheduled for October. So yeah. I'm so glad that you were able to secure that date because that is one thing that I got into. There were no dates left and people were already pushing their dates back and trying to change. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, what do you do? You know, let's get married on the Monday or Friday the 13th or, you know, like yeah. what are you supposed to do? There's just not a whole lot of options available. So I'm very thankful for that. And it sounds like um, your, it sounds like the venue. So are they considered at 50% occupancy or what are they telling you right now? I believe so. So luckily the venue is really large. And so the capacity is over 400 people. And okay, so the, right. yeah, so even our guest list is, was way less than that. So if mm-hmm. we did have, we knew in the back of our minds, if we had to bring it down to 50% capacity, we would still be okay. Um, yeah, so we were kind of relieved in that regard, but then the closer we were getting to the wedding and right before we started sending out invitations, it was more of a concern of people wanting to attend the wedding, right? right. you know, and that's when I realized, like, I think that was going to be the biggest downfall with what, you know, what we're going through with COVID was, you know, the people that we want there may not feel comfortable being there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know. And I think that's the hardest part. And so I noticed, um, we guys, we just had the most amazing Sarah, um, um, shower for Sarah and it was so much fun. And so we were laughing because some of us were talking about the seating chart. So one thing I wanted to ask, was that a recommendation by the venue to have a seating chart or was that your preference? That was our preference. Um, just at least having certain tables assigned. I think it makes things a lot easier and the flow a lot easier depending on how large of a venue it is. Um, so that's something that I think we were always going to do. We, we have assigned tables, but we're not assigning actual seats because we are going to do a buffet. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that was funny because the other thing was, you know, being sensitive to those that are more concerned about COVID than others. And, you know, we were kind of joking, but we have a COVID sensitive table. And it's just those that are, you know, I have some that are, are pregnant or, um, you know, friends that have recently had, had babies. And so I want to be sensitive to that because I want them there and I'd much rather them be there and, you know, kind of isolated versus not coming at all. So True. You know, we've really tried to do that. And I think that that's actually a really good idea because you don't really know how people are feeling. And I think some people are kind of, they don't want to, they don't want to bring it up. They don't want to address the elephant in the room. And then there's other people that are like, listen, I, I'm, I'm kind of over it. Like I'm going to go to the wedding and we're going to be fine. You know, I think that there's all different kinds of just the way, you know, that people are, are handling it right now. And I think that always are totally fine. And we respect that. And you as a bride, I think it's probably like the best advice that you can give other brides is just to be aware of it. Right. 
Yeah. Be aware of it. Be willing to have the conversation. I mean, I could tell that some of my friends were more concerned than others because they would ask a lot of questions. Yeah. What is the venue doing and, and things like that. And so I really tried to pay attention to those that I know would be more, um, you know, more sensitive to it. And I'll tell you, the venue has been really great because they are, they were, you know, from the get go, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, there's some rules, I guess, with catering where they're not going to have uh, water glasses filled. They're going to pour the glass, pour the water in the water glass and then hand it to them. And then we won't have um, like salads at the table. It'll be served when, you know, the when the guest is ready. Mm-hmm. So there's all these little details that, you know, the, the venue has been really great about, you know, and keep in mind, keeping in mind of COVID and things that are yeah. going on like making sure the tables are six feet apart um, and things like that. So that's been really great. And they also offered a lot of different ideas for us if we wanted to participate in that. But one thing I thought was interesting was she said some people are doing uh, wristbands or like bracelets, uh-huh. kind of like the, um, I forget what it's called, but those little plastic bracelets or rubbery looking bracelets and uh, they're color coded. So if you, you know, green would mean, Hey, I'm, you can give me a hug and yellow might mean keep a distance and red's like, don't, don't go near me. Oh so, my gosh, Sarah, that I haven't actually heard of this and you I haven't? feel like, no, no. So I'm excited um, for those listening to be able to hear this because that is so, that is something that makes sense because Sarah, oh my gosh, like I was laughing one day. I tell this story. Um, we had someone come to the house to pick something up and I opened the door. You know how I am. I'm usually real high energy and I just came in hot and this person is just like backing up. Like, yeah. um, can you just, oh, can you just set it down on the floor and I'll pick it up? And I'm like, oh, oh I, on the sidewalk, not the floor. And I was like, Oh my God. I I felt so bad because I came in way too hot and I should have known not to, but I just, that was just, that's just me, you know? And like, I know like at your shower, I asked your mom, I was like, can I hug? So now I'm a more aware of it too. And I will ask a person, can I hug you? Cause like, I haven't seen Sarah's mom in a really long time. And this is very special. And she was like, yep, I can, you know, let's hug it out. So I think that it, that that's actually a good way to know what, how people feel. Yeah. I mean, it, cause it can be very awkward. I saw yes, one of so my awkward. best friends and you know, the other day and I felt awkward cause I'm like, I want to hug you, but then, you know, you don't want to make someone feel uncomfortable right. for being more, more exactly. sensitive to it. And so, um, you know, I thought that was such an interesting idea. We're not going to do that cause we all know, I yeah, think we, we have know. an idea mm-hmm. of the people that are going to come, but but I did think that was an interesting idea, you know, for others, mm-hmm. um, because you just, you never know. And then there is that awkwardness of, oh, hi, oh, sorry. You know, like <laughs> when you shake hands, and it's just really funny. So it is, it, it, it's funny because everybody just is kind of, um, they're different the way that they handle it. But at the end of the day, it is, it's awkward until you decide whether or not you want to hug or whether you want to step, you know, take a step back. Like, yes, it can be very awkward. <laughs> yeah. So, so I just thought that was a cool idea. So your venue is 
Camp Lucy. And those of you that do not know about Camp Lucy, you've got to go to Pinterest or their website and look it up because it's absolutely gorgeous. So Sarah, tell some of, tell the listeners why, why you picked Camp Lucy and why it was special to you. So I must have stumbled upon it years ago on Facebook. Um, and it was, the idea about it is it's this outdoor venue and there's also hotels that you can, or not a hotel, but places you can stay on the site. And I love that idea of like, I don't want the party to end, you know, where everyone's <laughs> yeah. just like, it's over and now we all have to go home. Like, I like the idea that we're all kind of in a space together. Um, and so I've always had my eye on this place. Um, and I think I've started following them years ago when I saw this picture. And there's two different sites, but the one that we chose is called Sacred Oaks. And it's these beautiful oak trees. Um, you get married under these beautiful oak trees. And there's these twinkle lights that come down. And it's just magical. And I've always envisioned getting and so when I first went and saw it in person, I'm an emotional person, but usually to myself, but I saw the ceremony site and just teared up. I knew it was, that was mm -hmm. it. And JJ hadn't even seen it at the time. And I was like, this is where we're getting married. <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. And then a friend of mine, she had gotten married, um, in, in Marfa. And I love the idea that everyone that was there wanted to be there. And they were, you know, it was kind of a drive. So we were mm -hmm. all staying the night there. So it was fun that we got to see each other over the course of a few days. Yes. Um, and I love that idea because then it takes the pressure off of feeling like you have to visit with every single person and have these long conversations with everyone mm -hmm. at the wedding. Because now we have an opportunity to see them the night before. We can see them the morning after. And um, it kind of just extends the experience a bit. That's true. It really does. I, I, I love it. I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. It is. It's going to be so much fun. Like, Oh, and I know, I feel like October, um, it's just a great time. You know, you've got the weather change. It's fall. That's what I still haven't got my dress yet. So I have <laughs> to do that. <laughs> still trying to figure out what I'm going to wear to the wedding, but I know it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. And I'm just, I'm super excited for you. Yes. Thank you. It's going to be fun. And I wanted it to be all about, you know, just being together and we have an amazing band. So, you know, what I'm telling everyone is if you want to talk, meet me on the dance floor. We're, we're <laughs> going to be on the dance floor the whole yes, time. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, um, some business now. So Sarah, you're a financial advisor for New York Life and the president of your own co company, Armand Financial and Insurance Solutions. So you've been in this business for 12 years. So everyone knows you as Sarah Trenchard. So yes. what are you going to do? Are you going to change your last name to Ramirez? Are you going to hyphen? What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is such a hard one. So um, first of all, it is, um, the, the JJ is like, that is a, a non-negotiable with my name change. <laughs> and it's so funny because as a yeah. kid, you know, my last name was such a mouthful and I got picked on about it. And then it's really like, I've really built a name for myself. And um, someone said something the other day, like, man, you really, you know, you're pretty well known in, in San Antonio. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I, and what I'm am I going to do? Get rid of my name. <laughs> yeah. And when I started my company, 
uh, Armin Financial, I named it after uh, my grandmother's maiden name, which is my middle name. So I already have a business with a certain name on it. So I think what I'm going to do, I will change my name officially. I'm not Mm going to hyphenate. That's just way too much. It's a mouthful. Long. Yeah, that would be long. Yeah. So I think what I'll do is kind of transition. A mentor of mine gave me a good tip. She goes, maybe this is like a five-year transition where, you know, you're trenchard professionally and then you're slowly kind of moving to Ramirez until like your clients start getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll definitely do like the parentheses or, um, something like on social media where it'll oh, yeah. have like both names. Uh-huh. Um, cause I also don't know what that's supposed to look like for my licenses. All my licenses are in, uh, uh Trenchard. Oh, that is so true. What, what, hmm, what do you do? I'm not sure. So <laughs> I'll have to find out, but. I haven't even gotten that far. I was probably going to hit you up once, you know, after we're officially married to get all your tips on name changing and everything we need to do with that. Yeah. You know what, you know what I need to do, Sarah, I think I need to do like a vlog on a name change because I've had a lot of people reach out to me and ask how, how to even go about doing it. And the only reason I know guys is because I just did it and it is a process. And yes, I'm going to say this, because everyone thought I was crazy. You have to send in your real driver's license, like your <laughs> actual real driver's license to the social security office. And my sister and my mom and dad were like, Jordy, you misunderstood them. You're crazy. You're not getting it back. I don't know why you would send your driver's license. What if you got stopped? And I said, y'all, I am not crazy. They told me this is what I had to do. And this is what I did. So what they do is they take it, but with COVID, everything is a little bit delayed. Um, it's fine though. You will get it back. They send it back to you and then they go ahead and they process your name change. But yes, wow. so it's not, yeah, it's not only your social security number, it's your driver's license. And then you move into your passport. Um, you do have to have, this is one thing that I'll tell you. So you do have to have a certified copy of your marriage license. So just make sure when you go to get that, that you do get a couple certified copies because then it'll make your life so much easier. But you know what? Don't even worry about that right now, girl. After the wedding, we can talk about that. And yeah, yeah as far as like licensed professionally, I, that's a tricky one. I don't know. I mean, I guess people do it all the time. Maybe we'll have to do another podcast and you can tell people how you did it. Yeah. I think, you know, like um, doctors and attorneys, I think they keep their original name as professional. I had a friend, I forget who it was. They were a doctor, a woman, and she goes, I'm going to keep my name because I got the degree, not my husband. Oh my gosh. How <laughs> like, <funny. laughs> you know, Dr. Smith or uh-huh. whatever. I thought that was just a funny take on it. But, yeah, you know, I think professionally I'll hold on to it until, um, you know, maybe just do an easy transition because that's just a lot of work either yeah. way. I know it is. It's kind of crazy. So um, let me ask you this. What is the most common thing that you see individuals or or couples not doing financially that they need to be doing? Oh, gosh, this is such a sticky subject. So it's so (laughs) interesting because um, we are both financial advisors and we talk to our clients about this stuff all the time. And then when we've had to start talking about our stuff together, it's been so interesting. I'm like, <laughs> now I know how they feel. It is how funny. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and, and I was very independent and, you know, he was married before. So you go into it with very different philosophies. And mm-hmm. 
what I would say is, you know, start, if you can start to have the conversation ahead of time. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're living together, you're already sharing some expenses, um, start having that conversation ahead of time because it could kick up old feelings and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of emotion around money that I don't think a lot of people realize. And, and a lot of it is how we were raised. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that we did do that I think was really helpful is we established a joint account, um, early on. And that way we started to get in the habit of sharing and what that looks like. And I think it helps kind of determine, you know, your philosophy moving forward. Um, and depending on your situation, you know, you really have to have a conversation with your spouse about how you're going to handle money. Who's going to be the one uh, paying the bills? Is there someone that's going to be, you know, the one who's actually looking it up and making sure those transactions are taken care of? Are y'all mm-hmm. going to do things completely independently? So I think it's just important to really talk about it and have that conversation ahead of time, if possible. Um, especially if there's other, if there's children involved or, or things like that. Yeah. And I think that's such great advice that there has to be a person to kind of be the one in charge. I know for Ronnie and I, I told Ronnie straight up, you are going to be the one in charge because I am horrible with my money. I'm just, (laughs) it's one of those things where I just, I don't balance. And I told Ronnie, I said, listen, if we, you're going to have to be the one to do this. And do you want to have a joint account together? So we decided that we do, and we do now we have a joint account together. See, and that was another thing, girl, about the whole name change thing. So we had to wait to get my name changed. So then I would show as pilgrim. So then I would actually be able to be on the account and we would be on the account as a married couple. So, yeah. And you know, I, I don't know what most people do if mo- if some people keep it separate and they're cool with that or if most people do get the joint account. Like I'm I'm really not sure what people do. I mean, there's a lot a lot of things and I don't think there's any right one right way. I think it really comes down to your relationship and the mm-hmm. dynamics between the two of you. Um mm-hmm. You know, I I really do think that it's different for everyone. And I have, I've seen it. I've seen it with a lot of different couples throughout my career. Um, So I think that's where the conversation and the dialogue needs to be had Mm -hmm. ahead of time. So you are on the same page. Um, You know, I'm very detailed and JJ's not that detailed. So I'm the one who kind of handles it for the most part. But at the beginning, it's like, you know, I, you're still kind of learning each other right. and how someone feels mm-hmm. about this and that. And so I used to wait around until um, he gave me the go ahead to take care of something. Yeah. And I realized like, we don't have time for that. So now, you know, we've built that trust where he trusts that I can just go with it. And I take care of stuff without talking to him on certain issues because we don't, we just don't have time. Yeah. So there's a lot, you know, one of the things I'm going to transition into a different topic, if you don't mind. But yeah, one thing is I always envisioned of what this would look like for me and the period of time before you get married, what that's going to look like. And for me, it was, um, you know, we would be in sync and we would be like prepping ourselves for, for this marriage and be spending a lot of time reflecting on our relationship and things like that. And sometimes life gets in the way. Oh, yeah. Um, And so, you know, towards the summertime, I was starting to get nervous, like, hey, we haven't really 
we haven't really done anything, you know, to prepare emotionally and mentally for this, for this marriage and life together. Um, and so we've done a really great job since then, um, you know, honing in on our relationship and really, you know, treating this like a preparation of our marriage and not necessarily just the wedding. And then having these financial conversations, whether they were easy or hard, and it's been a combination of both. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really helped us a lot get to get prepared for the marriage and, um, and to feel more connected. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's such great advice because it's true. Like, you know what? It's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies with the conversations that you have with money. Like sometimes they're going to be hard conversations, but it will save a fight in the long run. Right. Like that's, that's when I, why I told Ronnie, I said, let's go ahead and do a joint account, um, which he was all for it. But I said, I really think that whenever, you know, there's going to be something that we want to save for, it's something that we're doing together. And I'm not going you know, and buying random things (laughs) like we can actually sit down and budget for it together. Yeah. And it's important to be on the same page because you might have someone who is not used to, um, budgeting and then someone who, you know, a lot of the times couples are, there's a spender and there's a saver. And so making sure that y'all are in line, because what you don't want is to have one person handle everything and they're not really good at it. And then you find out exactly. that there were, there were some mess ups. And that's the other thing is, you know, maybe you and Ronnie decide that he's going to handle it. And then down the road, y'all realize that maybe you want to take over some of those responsibilities. So you have to be open to having that dialogue. Um, and then you might evolve. Like yeah, y'all might, sure. some people might start off with separate accounts and then maybe evolve into having something more joint Um, It's just important to know what your options are and to at least have that conversation going into it. Because I think a lot of us have expectations going into a relationship and a marriage. And sometimes those expectations are not what we thought. And you've got to let the other person know what those expectations are. So true. Like no one is a mind reader, y'all. We've got to be open. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So let's talk a little bit about life insurance. Do you think that when you get married that you need to go ahead and get a life insurance policy together? And even Sarah, you know, I didn't even write this down to ask, but what about a will? Like, is that something that needs to be done right away? Oh yeah, absolutely. So even if you're just living together, I, I mean, I'm a firm believer in life insurance. Um, I think if you go into debt together, if you buy a house Mm. together, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you rely on each other financially, you don't even have to be married. You could still have life insurance to cover some of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you bought a home together and you weren't married, but you live together and and you um, rely on each other's income, you've got to think if something happened to them, they didn't come home tonight. What, what would I do? Would I be okay on my own? How would I handle, you know, this mortgage that we just took on? True. So that's one of the biggest things is, is usually a mortgage. Yeah. Um, so definitely, if you haven't done it already, I would definitely look into it. It's not hard to change your name after the fact or to update beneficiaries after the fact. Um, it, it's really not that difficult. But I do recommend doing that. And when it comes to life insurance, everyone's different. It just comes down to what would you want to see happen? You know, Mm -hmm. everyone has a grieving period. 
It's not just about covering debts and expenses. What about a grieving period? I had a client who lost her husband and she was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, take a, a year and not change anything with her life just so she could deal with these changes, you know? And so I think it's a conversation to have with your spouse or or future spouse Mm -hmm. um, on what would you want to see happen if the other person were were not around and at least just get some basic coverage to cover the immediate needs. That's true. And, And just being prepared at the end of the day. Yeah. And when you're talking about a will, everybody needs a will. Um, the more assets you have, um, the more important it is because a will is going to, what it does is it distributes your assets. Mm-hmm. So if you just have things that require a beneficiary, like um, investments or retirement accounts, you don't necessarily need a will to di- distribute that because it's based on what the beneficiary, um, who's designated as the beneficiary. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that's really important, and usually you do a will um, at the same time as doing a power of attorney, medical power of attorney, uh, medical directive, things like that. Because that is if you are in a car accident and, um, you know, do they want to keep you on life support? It's who makes decisions on your behalf if you can't make those decisions. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the time working with an attorney, a state attorney, they offer packages where you can do the will and you get all of those um, other things in order as well. Yeah, that it, it is. It's it's something that it's like you you don't you don't want to have to think about that, right? But at the right. end of the day, it's you have to. It's so important to have everything in order because you're otherwise it's just like the, the kids suffer or the spouse suffers. Like you really just have to have everything in order. So I think that that's that's solid advice. And I think that everybody just needs to make sure and get it done. So Sarah, if people have other questions for you that are listening, what's the best way to find you and reach out to you? Well, I have a website. It's arminfinancial.com. It's A-R-M-A-N-D financial.com. I'm also on Facebook. I have a business page on Facebook and Instagram would be, oh, I forget what my Instagram is. I think um, you're Armin Financial Solutions. I think we can definitely like we can update it for sure. I can definitely let the listeners know um, after the after the recording. I can I can tag that. Yes, Armin Financial is the Instagram. Armin Financial, and so I, you know it's so funny because Instagram and Facebook, it's so easy. Send you a direct message, get on Messenger, send you a message, and I feel like it's just such an easy way to connect with people now. So that's that's great. Absolutely, I've been really behind on on posting some business things uh, lately, but I usually I usually keep up with um, interesting articles and facts and things like that. And if you ever have a question. Yeah, send me a direct message. We can schedule a phone call and um, go from there. And I have some great um, references, too, for those that are looking, you know, to get a will in place. I have some estate attorneys that I work with that are pretty phenomenal. I think that it's so fun because the people that are listening, I feel like they will reach out to you because Sarah, like you're getting married. So you're about to be going through it too, you know, yeah. and that's what you yeah. said earlier. Like you've had these conversations with your clients, but now, you know, you're getting married. And so it's just going to be the perfect time to be able to, you know, go through it yourself and to have those conversations with clients. So it's exciting because 
people are still getting married. Like, even though we've got Corona, we've got COVID. I mean, people are still getting married and they're still going to have all of these questions. Yeah. And it's more important now than ever, especially with, with COVID and the unknown behind it. You know, it's, it's important to take a look at your finances and your financial house and just get everything in order. Absolutely. All right, girls. So are y'all going to take a honeymoon? Are you and JJ? What, what's your plan with that? Yeah. So we were going to go to Italy. Um, so that's out, but we decided we were going to wait until January, but we decided to take like a, a small honeymoon right after. So we're actually going to go to Sedona, Arizona. Oh, that's going to be awesome. The cactus. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's oh, going to be going to be so fun. Gorgeous. So hiking and some spa time. Um, we're going to go on this um, mystical tour and see the vortexes. So it should be oh fun. Oh my gosh. That is going to be so much fun. And I bet the weather will be really nice too. Yeah, I hope so. So are y'all going to fly out Saturday after the wedding? Yes, that is the plan. We're going to head out Saturday. Yeah. I never thought I would do that. I always said I wanted to chill, um, you know, the day <laughs> after, but you know, timing and our schedules, it just made sense. You'll be ready. I think though, to take that time with each other, because it is like, it's the most amazing feeling after you get married. Like I, I know Ronnie and I, and y'all don't think we're lame, but we, we, we came to our own home <laughs> and then we actually traveled the next day. But Sarah, like that limo ride home, I will never forget it. We just Aww. talked and we were just in so much bliss and it was just so much fun. And that's one thing that I'll tell you, just make sure that you really take the time to just appreciate JJ and just to like be in the moment, you know, like don't let anything else around you matter, like, because it's your day and just take that time. Even when the wedding is over, just really take that time to enjoy each other because you'll remember that like, like right now me talking about it, I have that feeling all over my body and it was just amazing. It's just an amazing feeling. So I'm so happy for y'all. I cannot wait for this wedding. It's going to be beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I think being older, um, has made it easier for us to really focus on what's most important. And yeah. there's plenty of, of things that we have carved out. So we have, you know, time to just take it in and just enjoy the experience and, and being together. So absolutely. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Yes. All right, Sarah. Well, I know that you are a busy woman, so I am going to let you go. Thank you so much for doing the podcast with me. It was, it was so much fun. Thank you, Jordy. All right. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. 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 I hope you enjoyed that episode of Corona Brides with Sarah. It was so much fun. We had been wanting to do this for a while. And, you know, Sarah just said, Jordy, let's wait until it gets a little bit closer. So we know for sure that we're actually going to be able to get married. So her date is still October 2nd, 2020 at Camp Lucy. It's going to be beautiful. And I'm so excited. And guys, seriously, if you have any financial questions, ask her. She is more than happy. She actually 
we laugh because she gets so excited about stuff like that where everybody else is like, okay, I'm kind of nervous or I don't know what to ask. Like Sarah loves it. She's all about it. She's been in the business for 12 years. So you can find her on Instagram. It's Armand Financial. Okay. But it's spelled A-R-M-A-N-D. You can go to her website and you can also find her on Facebook. So lots of different ways to find her. Reach out, ask her those questions. And guys, we will see you. Uh, We won't see you, but we're going to be doing another... I noticed that I always say that, which is so cheesy, but we will be talking to you again uh, next week. I have a lot more Corona Brides coming your way. Bye guys.